While raising awareness of the needs of children in the foster system through our partnership with Children's Hope Alliance. This is Ron Clements with my wife Patty. Hello. And we are wrapping up our trip in St. Louis and pleased to be joined today by Katie Corgan of the Foster and Adoptive Care Coalition in St. Louis. Katie is the Director of Family Development for the Foster and Adoptive Care Coalition. Katie, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And we have some pretty good news for this coming Sunday's game. We've raised enough money to, to get some tickets to donate to you guys, and so we're happy to be able to do that and get more kids out to a baseball game. That's awesome news. Anytime that we can have our kids have a treat like that, it's an incredible opportunity for them, so we really appreciate it. Now we've talked to other people in other cities and asked them what it means for these kids to be able to just have a day out and to be a kid. Can, can you kind of put that in, in, in words as well? Absolutely. So the stresses that these kids are facing are out of this world. They have the weight of the world on their shoulders. They have a lot of worries. And to just be like any other typical normal child at the ballpark and not having that stress and able to be a child is life-changing for them. And Sunday is also a uh, winter cap giveaway day. Woohoo! So some, some kids will get the... the uh, the cap with the uh, little uh, flaps, you know, yeah, yeah, the ear flaps going down there. So absolutely, and then it's one more cool thing that they can say, "Hey, not only did I go to the Cardinal game, but here's what I got," and it's something for them to talk about, and that's a memory that they'll remember forever. With with your title, uh, what is kind of your function here? Sure. Well, the Foster and Adoptive Care Coalition, about a year and a half ago, launched a program um, thanks to the Dennis and Judy Jones Family Foundation. So we're able to. Um, work with families that are interested in fostering from the very beginning. So that means talking with them, doing a home visit, it means training them, it means doing their assessment, their home study, um, building in that trauma training that is so critical for foster parents to have, and then supporting them once they are licensed through foster care. So this past year we got 47 families licensed in the St. Louis area, which is really pretty incredible. That is good because one thing we've learned too is that there's a huge need for foster parents. There is a huge I mean, across need. the country. Mm-hmm. Here in Missouri, there are over 13,000 children in foster care, um, and we have over 1,100 children that are waiting adoption. Man. That's so amazing. if you're in St. Louis, you just heard that get involved. They need foster parents, uh, and not just here. If you're not in St. Louis, they need foster parents no matter where you live. We sat next to a couple this past Friday, because uh, you guys got tickets through we did. Wells Fargo. Mm-hmm. So before I get to my question, I'll, I'll ask, how, how did that come about? So Wells Fargo, um, which is a great partner in the community for so many agencies. Patty actually works for Wells Fargo, oh, awesome. which was just like a happy coincidence. <laughs> so they had some extra tickets, and they called the United Way and said they would like to share them with an agency. And so the United Way sent out an email um, to all of the partner agencies, and we immediately picked up on that and were able to get those tickets so that we could pass them out to families. Cool. The, the two people who were sitting next to us, it was Marion and her, her daughter, but Mary and her husband are like in the application process to become foster parents. Okay. 
so what exactly goes into that? Like, like what are the steps that uh, a couple or a man or a woman would, would have to take to become a foster parent? Mm-hmm. So you don't have to be married. So just like you said, um, we just need you to be 21 years of age. So there is an application. Um, and once we receive that, then we also send an assessment form. And what that assessment form does is really think about kind of how you were raised and um, how different experiences shaped you and um, doesn't mean that if you've had bad experiences that you're ruled out it just means we're going to have a conversation about how did those shape you and how did those make you um, know how you want to parent and so once all of that information is in then we start the training and here in Missouri there's a nine-week training program Um, it's the STARS curriculum and there's all kinds of different topics weaved in there. Um, but the main things that we're going to talk about is attachment. We're going to talk about loss. We're going to talk about how in the world um, you schedule everything and maintain your normalcy of the life that you had before and what life's going to look like as a foster parent, how to build your support system, um, and how to make it through and to continue to reach out for support. Um, We're blessed here at the coalition to have um, state-of-the-art trauma training, which is a requirement for foster parents, um, but at this time it's not the full requirement of all the training that we provide. So what we provide is over 12 hours, um, and it's um, really tailored to the child that is in the foster parent's home. Um, And so we're weaving that in as we're talking about all of the other things too. And I think that's really important for people who are interested. They might be a little bit scared about how do I do this and can I do this and knowing that there are resources to help them get started and make sure that they're successful that the child is successful in the home is very reassuring I'm sure how many folks do you have who have no parenting experience that come in and and how does that work I would say probably half of the families that we work with and and get licensed have not parented before. And so, um, you know, sometimes people think, oh gosh, you know, you've never parented before, are you gonna be able to do this? But I tend to think those folks are a step ahead of the game because it's a whole different kind of parenting. So the parents that have parented before have to kind of retrace their steps and learn a different way to parent. Um, So we're really ready to to work with any family. Um, So not only do they have that nine weeks of training, through our program at the coalition, we stick with you all through your licensure time period and provide support. So that might be home visits, that might be um, kind of doing some coaching, um, offering some of the other programs and services we have here, whether it's in-home counseling, maybe there's issues at school and they need an educational advocate. Um, There's all kinds of extra services that we can put in place. And again, I can't stress enough that support piece. We run a support group here once a month for foster parents. So they could be brand new foster parents. They could have fostered for 15 years. They might be a part of that group. They can be adoptive parents. They can be awaiting their first placement. Um, But it's a, a room full of people that know exactly what each other's going through. That's cool. And with all those different scenarios you just uh, mentioned you know like long-time foster parents first-time foster parents people who are thinking about it we we have met people like in every step across the spectrum yeah and it, heck at uh sunday night's game there is a uh woman who works at one of the concession stands and we told her what we were doing and, and what our mission was and she had been a foster parent for like 30 plus years oh, awesome. and and adopted four kids 
Aww. So that that was really neat. And mm-hmm. you just never know who you're going to meet when you actually talk to people mm-hmm. about you know some something like this initiative. Uh, you mentioned the tra- trauma training. What goes into that? So um, it is child specific. So once you have a placement in your home, we enroll you in the trauma training. And um, basically, you know, any concerns that you're having with that child, um, a lot of times people use the language behavior, but we, what we know is there's always meaning behind the behavior. And it's not a child acting out, it's a child not knowing how to access help um, or to, to ask for help. And so it's working with them one-on-one and finding out what are the best interventions um, and what can we do proactively instead of reactively. So you're working with the child and the parents? With the parents, um, but then there might be some in-home coaching if they're enrolled in another one of our programs. Okay. And I just uh, just don't think people maybe realize how complex this whole thing is. Uh, it, it's not a, a simple thing because, heck, we're human beings. We're, we're, we're complex people. And with that said, you know, I remember when Kim Johnson and Kim's e- email to the Cardinals back in like June, when she said, we want, we being the Foster and Adoptive Care Coalition, we want tickets for a, a weekend game because kids are back in school. We don't want to disrupt these kids' routines. Mm-hmm. How important is that to just make sure these kids have like just the stable environment? It's critical. It really and truly is. Um, you know, we talk with parents all the time about, you know, helping kids with schedules. And it's not to make the foster parents' life easier, although that's helpful if that can happen in the meantime, too. But we're building attachments. We're working with these kids on how to trust. And if the slightest thing, such as, you know, meal times have changed drastically, or, oh, I thought we were going to this place today and we're switching it on them everything that we're doing is building that trust and building that attachment so if we've got a schedule in place we really need to stick with it um, so that the kids know that that your word is your word yeah and that's important right because trust has probably been broken along the way and it has to be rebuilt and it's a whole new person to try to trust absolutely and so if there wasn't a um, family member that could be involved um, you know a foster parent is a stranger to them and so it is starting at at zero and building that trust but it's also modeling for them and modeling for their parent um, how that trust can be repaired Um, there is um, a lot of opportunity for foster parents to mentor the biological parents and when the kids see that happening there's going to be automatic trust with the foster parent because they see that you're not judging their parents, you're not blaming their parents, um, you're not having a team, you know, against each other. You're actually all on one team and working together. Well, and that's true in any couple, right, when you have divorced parents. So it's, it's a similar kind of theme, I guess, that you don't want to pit people against each other ever. You want to have that, build that trust. I think that's very interesting. Absolutely. And the goal, I guess, you know, it, is to ideally have put the kid back with their biological family. It is. Reunification is definitely the goal. And that is what's best for the kids is to be with their family, um, whether it's their biological parents or not. But um, it, it is critical that they have some connection still and maintain that connection to their family. To, to kind of circle back to this coming Sunday's game where we have been able to raise money to, to buy tickets and to to donate to you guys so that mm-hmm. we, so you, you can get some more kids out to a game. Uh, when Todd Thomas, that one guy with the Cardinals, 
um, when he interviewed us before this past Sunday's game, um, at, well, we were over at Ballpark Village, and after we told him on a microphone in front of thousands of people what we were doing, uh, or maybe not thousands, maybe hundreds of people at Ballpark Village, but, <laughs> right. um, but we had four people walk up to me and hand me money and said, here, this is for the kids. Oh, that's awesome. Four people handed me a total of $90. So that has gone toward getting those tickets uh, for, for this coming Sunday's game. And, and that's... That's Cardinal fans for you. Yeah. Absolutely. I know. Um, best fans in baseball, right? That's what I say. So, so they say. <laughs> I say that too. <laughs> Katie, are you from St. Louis? I am from St. Louis. So you know how important baseball is to this community. It's very important. And I'm assuming kind of that sense of belonging with these kids i mean going to a cardinals game in st louis for these st louis kids that's got to mean everything it does it does and it's something that all kids can relate to it's things that they can talk about it's a shared experience and for our kids to have a positive shared experience is really pretty incredible we met a uh, waitress in dallas when we went out to dinner with my mom and uh she told patty that well you know what patty you you go ahead and and, and say what uh tori her, her name is tori you say what tori said well tori was telling us that she had been a foster child as well mm-hmm. and that she was thinking about volunteering and so we were hopefully planting the seed with her to pay forward what she had experienced but she mentioned that you know she had been able to get a couple of manicures and pedicures here and there but she hadn't been able to get to a game when she was a kid so again just just that experience that positive experience um so getting getting kids to be able to have experiences whether it's a baseball game or what have you we know that's important for them um one thing we've asked people before what was your first baseball memory oh gosh do you really want to know <laughs> i don't know do so. we <laughs> Um, It starred Willie McGee, and um, we were sitting in some pretty good seats. Um, I thought they were pretty good. I was very, very, very young. And he hit a home run, and I was trying desperately to catch the ball. I was maybe six or seven, um, and I leaped forward and tried to grab it, and my dad leaped towards me to catch me because, actually, they weren't very good seats, and we were very high up. And the ball tipped off of my hand and landed in my dad's mouth. Oh, my goodness. In came security and all kinds of um, extra cardinal helpers. And this woman turned around and grabbed the ball out of his mouth. Oh, we didn't even get the ball. So, oh, wow. My God. Yeah, goodness I know. Gracious. Not, not, such a, not such a good ending there, but luckily he was all right and... We made the big screen, so that was fun. <laughs> Did he lose any teeth? He didn't, believe it or not. Oh, wow. No, just a little blood. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, but you went I mean, back. Oh, definitely, definitely. Well, I guess back. he he probably should have bit down on that ball a little I more. Guess. Than, I mean, that, that woman he would not have been able to so pluck much it about out. me, and we would have gotten the ball. Right. <laughs> I think we're glad he worried about you. Yeah. Oh, me too. Thanks. Well, we have yet to get a ball on this trip, and we've been to. Oh, you're kidding? No, we've been to like 36. This coming Sunday will be our 36th or 37th game. Although, we got this, a ball. this past Sunday, though, we did get a uh, um, a ball, a uh, batting practice ball hit by Colton Wong. Uh, this usher, Jim, up in right, right between 363 and 361 in the left field pavilion. Jim uh, 
we, we told him what we were doing, and, and Jim had a ball, had that ball, and he said it's kind of like his his own personal tradition. He likes to hand a ball. Oh, that's awesome. A batting practice ball to a fan, and, and he actually had Colton Wong sign it. So, yeah, so we have a signed Colton Wong ball. Oh, that's cool. So that's our first ball of the season, <laughs> even though we didn't get it ourselves. <laughs> that's all right. We earned it a different way. That's right. <laughs> I, you know, when, when you said uh, – do you really want me to tell you? I, I I don't know if you know that I'm from I'm from Wisconsin. I thought you were going to say your first baseball memory was like the '82 World Series, but maybe you're ah, not that old. No, of course I am. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was eight years old in the '82 World Series, and the Cardinals broke my poor little eight-year-old heart. Oh, well, we were uh, throwing a little party with the heat was on. I think that was that year. The heat is on. That was the Ozzy Smith years. Yep. Mm-hmm. And whenever yeah. I mention that the Brewers are ahead of the Cardinals in the uh, this year's standings, she just says, hey, 11 World Championships. How many do the Brewers have? I know, exactly. right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a, it is a legacy a here. Competition. <laughs> well, Katie, uh, I mean, thanks so much for working with us. And uh, special thanks to Kim Johnson, too, who kind of helped, you know, put this all, put all, all of this thing together. She mm-hmm. put in a lot of work. Yes, she did. Uh, go, go ahead and praise Kim, Kim a little bit. Kim, we couldn't do it without you. We appreciate all you do for us and for all of our kids and families. Them being able Kim to Kim is do, actually sitting right next I to us, know, but she's being shy. <laughs> <laughs> but just for these kids to have these kind of opportunities um, is, is awesome. It really is. Having them be able to sit there um, with other families doing a typical family activity and having that modeled for them, um, it's something that they'll never forget. And we hope to... Have a good time Sunday, and maybe the Cardinals will bring home a winner against the Giants, right? That's right. That's what we're planning on. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, Katie, thanks again so much, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm only going to say this once. Go Cards. <gasps> Woo-woo! Woo-woo! <laughs> All right. We can end <laughs> <have> the winner. <laughs> right. Thanks, guys, for listening to the Home Run on Wheels podcast. Have a great weekend. I know we will. Somebody's